And so I thought to myself, yes, I can do something. And that's how the Artisan Nation was born. And these women, I can just relate to them so much. They need a voice. They need for the world to know about them. They need to be heard and be noticed by everybody. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky. I'm your host. And today, do I have somebody very, very special lined up for you. I have on the line the incomparable Danielle Chill. Welcome to the show, Danielle. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. And hello. Hello. Welcome to 2021. Oh, yes. Time's flying. We were talking about how quickly uh, time does fly. You know, we've been uh, dealing with certain things in, in the last year, which I'm pretty sure we all are familiar with and know a little bit about. And it's quite, it's one of those years that uh, I don't think many people were too upset to see the tail end of, but um, putting that to the side, now for everybody who's on the show with us today, we're going to be talking about um, Danielle's businesses, both Coco and the Artisan Nation. And I've been doing my research, uh, Danielle, and you are very, very deeply involved with both organizations and it's a credit to you and i'd love to reveal exactly what this is all about but um before we do that it's um i guess it's customary for us to take a bit of time to learn a little bit about you and then maybe we can start talking about your journey how does that sound totally fine so Hands where up. are you where are you located <laughs> at the moment daniel i'm in sydney and yeah. where are you rick this i'm in adelaide Right near McLaren okay. Vale, actually. So we've got Very wine nice. and chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good to you, no doubt. <laughs> well, look, um, you're, um, you, you're starting, you started off um, some time ago with Coco. Is that correct? Um, I'm, I'm wondering if we can talk about that because that's the hand-knitting production business that you own. Um, where did this all come about? Has this been a passion for you since early age why did you get into this field my passion from a very early age was actually always um empowering women like right. doing what girls need to do to the best of their capability so i was raised by a working mother um she was a university educated woman which was rare in that era mm -hmm. um, I went to an all-girls school where you were taught girls can do anything and um, you know when I started in the real world that was not the case so it very quickly became you know empowering women what can we do so it's always been girl-centric fantastic now um, beyond all of this I know that being so busy do you have any time any downtime for yourself and if you do what do you like to do with it? I do have downtime. <laughs> You'll laugh. I make chocolates. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my wife will get a chuckle out of that, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I do. I make uh, gourmet chocolates. I make chocolates and I swim. Fantastic. So do you like the sweet chocolates, the dark chocolates, the bitter chocolates? How do you like your chocolate? No, milk chocolate. Milk chocolate. Yes, you're milk a woman after my own heart. Uh, 
<laughs> that that's come up a couple of times now. <laughs> We're going to have it's to send my some your one way. Favorite. <laughs> now I I I know that uh, Coco has been very close to your heart, but also the Artisan Nation, which is going to really be, I guess, the core of today's call. Um, you're uh, on a mission to empower women in developing nations, in particular. Now, which nations are you primarily working with, and what is it that the Artisan Nation actually does? Well, we're starting very focused in India and specifically down the south of India because that's the areas that I know like the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. But this started because at the beginning of COVID, I got an email from a colleague in India that said, Danielle, there are 16 million people um, unemployed due only to the fashion industry in COVID. So can you imagine how many people were unemployed in India due to COVID if 16 million of them were allocated to the fashion That's industry only? Um, can you do something? And I actually knew just because I was so entrenched there that most of these people would be women. And I knew the impact it would have on their family because they can't bring in the income means they can't send their children to school to break the cycle that they themselves wanted to break. You know, they didn't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no balanced diet for them to, you know, everyone can live off rice for a very long time. But, you know, there's a big difference between survival and actually living properly. Yeah. You know, even here in a developed country, if you have a vitamin or mineral imbalance, you know it straight away. So if you've never had a balanced and then it's totally taken away from you. It's pretty bad. And, um, you know, they're home with these men who have no sensibilities whatsoever. Um, and so I thought to myself, yes, I can do something. And that's how the Artisan Nation was born. Fantastic. Because, you know, there was, I know, and everybody knows, there's no synergy between corporate money and women living in developing countries. And these women, like, I can just relate to them so much. They need a voice. They need for the world to know about them. They need to be heard and be noticed by everybody. Now, I'd like to step through some of the, I guess, the deep parts of this and how people can get involved later on because that's a critical component to all of this. And um, <clears throat> I've, I've read my way through the website. It's fantastic, full of great content, um, revealing a lot of the the problems, but also a lot of the opportunities, which is where I think this is going to be a, an organisation that blossoms and just really touches so many um, women, but not only the, the women directly, but importantly, their families. Can you talk to that a little bit about how there's a knock-on effect um, by improving, I guess, the quality of life for an individual, um, let alone their families? Yes, so these women... Um were raised to be totally compliant. You know, they're raised by two parents and a child who never goes to school. So they have no outside influence whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They have arranged marriages and then they're totally compliant to their husband. So these people have never um, learnt to think for themselves or by themselves. And to have your thinking locked in prison for your life is a crying shame. And you heard me say there's more than 16 million people doing this. And if this was in a developed country, the whole world would be screaming in outrage. 
if they thought their thinking was imprisoned like that. Um, so by coming to work and attaining regular work, it um, enables, well, it literally empowers these women. It in, enables them to think. It enables them to develop themselves. It changes everything about their relationship with their husband, their way their children are raised. And most importantly, it changes themselves. It helps them develop to their fullest potential. Mm -hmm. It grows their skills. They start to see things happening to themselves that they never even imagined that they knew that they had or could do or skills. I mean, just because you haven't been to school doesn't mean to say you're dumb by any oh, stretch no. of the imagination. It just means there's no opportunity. So when these um, women realize what they can do, they, they're just in shock. So their self-esteem grows enormously. I wonder how this, um, given that they, for the majority, I'm not saying all, but I, I suspect they might be the majority, living in a subservient, I guess, uh, environment where the, that sort of culture is dominating, when they are empowered and um, start to realise their own strength and abilities and all these wonderful things, how do the partners react? Are they responsive to it or is there a long journey in this respect to go? That's a very good question, Rick, and you won't be surprised to know that I've been asked that before. Mm. But <laughs> um, what my response is, is my it's my job and my passion and my number one focus to focus on the women. Yep, yep. So what happens to the men, I don't know and I don't ask. Right. But I do hear very much from the women if they've been coming. An example is one day somebody had been coming to work and this particular day she looked so happy and I'm like, what happened? You no, know, I won't say her name. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you look so amazing. Mm -hmm. And she said, Danielle, it's now been one whole week that I haven't been hit. And oh. that's the longest time that's ever been in my whole life. And that's thanks to you and coming to work. It must be very, very rewarding, but also very um, touching for you when you realize that there's so much abuse going on here that it just must fire you up unbelievably so to get involved and make sure to your extent that you can control that that this doesn't happen and this leads me to my next question you talk about providing a safe place in the workplace that's oftentimes the only place that you know you can these women can feel safe is that correct and, and if so why is that the case um, it is the only place that they are safe. And you mentioned about being fired up. Mm -hmm. And it's because um, people need to know that that sort of thing is going on, that it's very easy for all of us to say, you know, in this country that's a million miles away, this is happening. And it's like, yeah, that's terrible. But there's a disconnect, basically. Yeah. Um, an emotional disconnect. And I think that's because, um, it's not I think, it's definitely because there's nothing there for the people to grasp onto. But the aim of the Artisan Nation is very much to bring these people alive so that there is someone to grasp onto. That the Artisan Nation will show videos and enable you to meet these women and 
you know, you'll hear firsthand the difference that working makes to them. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I'm looking through this. For, when you talk about um, providing regular work um, and given the state of the nations at the moment in terms of the fashion industry, you are there now as the artisan nation. What are you doing in the, I guess, the meantime, in between time, whilst everything starts to get back into gear and uh, become operational again? Well, the Artisan Nation is already functioning and the Artisan Nation is a bridge. Mm -hmm. And that bridge is to connect corporates with these women in developing countries. So it's a connection and the corporates get involved by um, supporting a village at a time. And so to support that village, um, this is, you know, we're a for-purpose business and... Mm -hmm doing business for good is the way of the future. In fact, it's very much frowned upon if all businesses don't do some good to humankind. And that has very much increased as a result of COVID. Yeah. Um, but corporates, um, by corporates getting involved, they uh, jump on at all, as jump into all aspects of the village. So the first thing is nobody can come to work until everybody in that village has face masks and they're safe, that everybody in that village needs to be provided dr clean drinking water. Mm -hmm. They all need to be provided with fresh, healthy food. And the reason that that's on the list is that even if the lady actually gets paid, many times the husband takes their money for what I call their drinking, his drinking money. So there's still not nutritional food for the family. So corporates will come on board and when they come on board, buying the support of a village at a time mm -hmm. to make an entire wholesome village, um, this is what they will be buying um, for these ladies directly. Um, and then when we know that they're healthy and they can stand up and they're fed properly and um, you know, they know that they're not getting an imbalance in vitamins and minerals, then they can come to work and function like a really smart, wholesome human being. So that's the attaining work. So for that part, the corporates um, received their products um, in return. Yep. But for growing stronger, what the corporates get to know is they get to meet the ladies and actually watch this unfold. So they get the reward of knowing that they've saved these people's lives and empowered the women in an entire village. Yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff. I, I, yes, so hundreds and hundreds of people. At a time. And at a time. So one village, um, four, sevens, 20, like almost 300 people minimum, minimum. Like each woman would probably have seven, seven people under their roof. Wow, that's incredible. I, I'm, I'm looking at some of the things that I've written down here. Um, we're talking about people who generally don't have access to technology in any way, shape or phone. There's no smartphones, there's no opportunity and there's this high level of anonymity. Um, what are some of the things and how do people actually see some of this media, some of these success stories? Is it directly through the Artisan Nation website or is there other outlets? Um, there, it's directly through the Artisan Nation website that 
um, increasingly, um, you know, on people, I'm very fortunate, you know, people want to hear the story and become involved. So I'm on podcasts or at the end of last year, I was on Fox News in America, but, um, you know, at least once a week, there's some high profile something mm-hmm. that is getting the word out there so that everybody starts to know about it. With the, um, you, you talk about corporates, but I also uh, spent some time reading and what I notice is that you have a lot of different specialists um, involved. Um, you've got people, uh, I guess, clinical people providing um, blood works to work out diet and dietitians and a whole host of different, um, I guess, professionals that are involved. Could you talk a little bit about that? Well, up until now, those professionals that we've um, involved are local women, right. again, yep. because when these women go to a, a doctor in India, well, lots of them don't really have ready access, but the way that these doctors um, treat these women is nothing short of appalling. Mm. Um, I've been at the first-hand receiving end of that um, and I actually knew what was going on. So the way that they speak to these women is nothing, is, is totally shocking. Um, but yes, we provide all those things, which is what, when people get involved, and it doesn't have to be a corporate, on our website, artis- theartisannation.com, mm-hmm. individuals can um, get involved. And then when it gets to the amount of supporting a village, we jump in and all those people combined will support the village. Fantastic. I, um, I'm looking through just this list of, um, I'm sort of jumping between one spot and another, but um, when I'm looking at the engaging dietitians, you've got psychologists, you've got movement leaders. Can you talk a little bit about what a movement leader actually does and how do they contribute to this? Well, yes, it came because, you know, most of us who are very privileged who went to primary school, <laughs> Here in the developed countries, which we take for granted, don't we? Physical education is a normal part of the weekly routine, if not the daily routine. Mm-hmm. You know, running around the playground, um, either just free playing or playing ball games or football or basketball or netball. I mean, there's a plethora of things to choose from. Um, but we all know that if there's no physical activity, you, you can't function. Oh, and I see what's these, happened here. I've taken movement leaders as in social movement leaders. We're talking about physical no, education. Physical movement. Yeah, ah, important, okay. dedicated physical movement leaders. Right. So um, because, you know, the upside of this is we rent village uh, a house mm-hmm. in or a property in the village where these ladies work and they come to work and the most that they have to walk is like one block. And so these people have never moved never actually moved out of their house. So there are so many new things that the Artisan Nation provides in what I call fast-tracking a um, fast-tracking the empowerment of these women in villages. Yeah, absolutely. They say that the body works better when you move it. That's for sure and certain. Um, in terms of villages, um, you know, quote unquote, uh, uh, is, uh, are you setting up? villages is this a physical construct and is there construction people involved how does this part of it work well we already have uh two we had five villages going mm-hmm. before covid yep um and we've got two back up and going and you know the artisan nation came about especially because of covid um to fast track you know we we want 100 villages yeah um 
actioning. And so it is, it's a village at a time and yes, that's how the villages work. Slow and steady wins the race. Um, right now, yeah. given that uh, you're stuck where you are, um, what's the communication channels like and how does that side of it work in the Artisan Nation? Are you regularly in communications? How's that all working? Yes, yeah, so my own business, Coco, is mm -hmm. one member of the Artisan Nation and we have other members of the Artisan Nation as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a crocheting unit, there's an, a couple of embroidery units um, and these are all run by women, for women as well. Yep. Um, and we're in regular communication with all of them. Fantastic. Do you, do you think there will be an expansion of the base set of skills that you may be um, offering women in the future? beyond these sorts of skill sets? Like, um, you know, being able to become teachers or other things, things like that? Where's it stop? Not at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, at this point in time, we're purely focused on the three missions. That is getting the women to grow stronger, to make sure that they stay healthy to start mm -hmm. with. That's um, number one, you know, so that they have face masks. Each person has clean drinking water and they provide healthy food. Um, you know, it's our job to make sure that, as you said, have vitamins, you know, regular vitamin t uh, and blood tests, dietitians to make sure that they can actually function mm -hmm. and then to give them regular work. Providing an education institute is a whole different thing. But right now we're purely into keeping them in their environment yeah. and giving them as much opportunity, you know, empowering women as yeah. much as possible. That's excellent. You, you, it just I can see it, you know, they're, they're, they're coming to you and they're coming to the workplace and they have that smile in their face, they're beaming, they've got, they're standing upright, you know, you've transformed, I think is probably the best word to use here. Um, tell us about a, a success story. Can you share any success stories with us that stick in your mind? Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's a millions of stories, millions, actually. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> One of, one of the ladies said to me once, Danielle, you give us wings to fly. No. Um, but what we really do is just enable them to realise what their own potential is of realising their own capability and, as I said, having their voice be heard. So one of the success, success stories is that girl who went for more than a week from, for not being hit um, yeah. The background of that is that at work, they're taught to make decisions from the very beginning. You know, is this the same or different? How are you going to solve that problem? Who else can you ask to solve this? How? So lots of questions are always asked to force these people to think, mm -hmm. um, which they've never done before. And so once that becomes second nature and they implement that thinking style at home, mm -hmm. it very quickly turns into... What made you want to do that? Why did you hit me? That's unacceptable. Yes. It steps up the game, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. And um, so, the, you know, the ladies um, grow from within and they learn all sorts of leadership skills along the way. So with Coco being one part of your involvement with the Artisan Nation and the Artisan Nation work itself, what can you see uh, in terms of the next 12 months? How, does, how do you see it unfolding? Well, right now we've got two villages. Mm -hmm. 
and by the end of the next 12 months, if we had up to somewhere between 10 and 20 villages, it would be amazing. That's uh, obviously a very, very um, worthy target. I'd say many more than that would be the, the ultimate goal. Let's talk about um, the mechanics behind how corporates can actually get involved. Can we do, do that for a little while? Yeah, sure. So you go to theartisannation.com, that's our website, mm -hmm. um, and there's plenty um, to read about the Artisan Nation there. You know, as I yeah. said, it's, you know, a nation that's not bound by geography, language or culture. We're unified by passion, creativity and talent. Mm -hmm. um, it's very much about empowering women, bringing women up um, from not having their voices heard to having the whole world know that they exist. And when you scroll down our website, you can see um, the three missions that I was talking about, growing stronger, unleashing potential and attaining work. And then at the bottom there, it's um, how you can become involved. So, you know, there are three um, different levels. If you want to support one village, there's the artisan cheer squad level. Um, and that's 175 people that you impact um, from there. And then if you want to support more than one village, mm -hmm. there are the other two levels, the artisan participator and the artisan champion. And of course, somewhere in there, there's a bit about me and you can just click on an email and I'll be on the phone to you in an instant. That's fantastic to know. Now, and this, uh, there is um, very low level involvement. If you, if you have a little bit to give, you can start from there. And if you are a large corporate, um, you accommodate the whole spectrum, don't you? From somebody who might have 10 to $20 to give to, to the large corporate uh, involvement. Yes, yeah, somebody can give $10 as a one-off mm. um, just because they believe in helping women along the way. And they can give that as a one-off weekly, monthly, quarterly. Um, and that's exactly right. So anybody who wants to jump on board the Artisan Nation, um, meet these people and get involved in watching the progress unfold yep. um, is warmly welcome to email me, danielle at theartisannation.com. Well, absolutely. I'll be making sure to uh, make all of the relevant links available to our wonderful audience, Danielle. And um, with all that being said, I have had such a wonderful time looking into just the, I guess, the high level part of the, the Artisan Nation. I can see that this is going places and it's going places very quickly and affecting and changing and improving women's lives very quickly for the long term. It's a credit to you and thank you for, for uh, joining me on the My Future Business Show today. Thanks so much, Rick. Lovely to meet you. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.